Huh. <laughs> you, can, you can say whatever you want, man. <laughs> you sure can. People always ask me that, so I feel like it's only professional that I ask that. Well, that's a good question. Is your podcast uh, explicit? Yeah. There you go. Yes. See, the thing is, the thing is, we don't even ask because <laughs> that's. I think that's a sign right there. If you don't ask, you already know what the answer is, right? <laughs> I felt like I already did, but I just needed to ask anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, was I supposed to do that? You guys have never impulse. There we go. We ready yeah. to go? Yeah, you got it. Welcome to the Thirst World Problems Podcast, where we talk about drinks, current events, music, and more. Now, here's your host, Nick Dugall, and his panel of experts, B, Bell, and the infamous Doc. All right, folks, another episode of Thirst World Proms here. We got a very, very special guest. We got, uh, we're doing this remotely, so uh, B's a little blurry right now, but uh, I think he's just hiding his face, but I have no idea what's going on in that video right there. Mike Reed is with us today. Uh, Mike Reed has been wrestling for how many years now? 15? Well, I'm retired now, but I started training. Yeah, I started. I tra- I started training in two thousand. Retired, and, uh, but he looks like he's twenty. So <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. I don't. I don't feel like it, man. <laughs> Do I tell these guys that it all takes the me time? Twenty years. Man. It takes me twenty years to get out of bed this morning. <laughs> Mike, I, I didn't say how you feel. I just said you look twenty. So I'm not. I'm not going to go that far, Mike. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We got we got Mike Reed. We're going to talk about wrestling. Uh, we're going to talk about some other things. But Mike, thank you uh, for coming on the pod. We basically only met for five minutes, and uh, within that five minutes of conversation, I was like, "Hey, let's let's make the podcast happen here." So, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh no, thank you. Thank you for uh, you know wasting. Thank you for wasting your time with us. That's, that's <laughs> the best way I can say. It. Oh, well, you guys are probably going to hate me by the end of it and be like, what did we get ourselves into? But let's go. Oh, we won't hate you any more than we do B, <laughs> so don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll tell you this. We've we've had some pretty bad guests, and uh, so far, you're in second last place. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, Mike, let's let's start from the beginning. You started in, uh, you started in 2000, training. Yep. Let's, uh, let's, let's start with, like, uh, what made you decide to... Uh, pursue this goal of yours? <laughs> when I first started wrestling, it, it did not start as, off as a goal, uh, as a dream. Well, to start off, I was really, well, I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling growing up. So I was really sheltered. And so 18, 2000, I'm in college and they had professional wrestling at the Palladium and it was PCW every Thursday. And every so every Thursday, I'd go down to watch a show, and I thought this was really fun and really interesting. And I just needed something to do something, like besides university and college. So I figured they had to ask me if, they, if I was interested in doing a trial. So I did a trial one week, and I don't think they expected me to come back the next week because that first <laughs> trial was hell. What was the trial like? What, what was oh. happening there? So they were basically – what I would do now if I would, if someone would try and become a wrestler, and it's basically blowing someone up where you just want to make them tired. You just want to make that person think, is this really something I want to do for the rest of my life? Is this something I really want to do every week, every day? Okay, so sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but blowing up is just someone who's just out of breath, like out of shape? Basically, you just want to make someone exhausted. You just want to make them puke. You want 
dumb. She has to make them dog tired. Just she break them down it, physically, eh? Mentally, physically. That was me last week, man, when I eat that sandwich. Man. <laughs> so do you think that was to, like, make you feel like what it takes, A, or B, do you think it was to, like, get you out of there? Both. I think it was to make me quit and eat humble pie and be like, okay, maybe I can't hang and do this. And then it was also, do you really want to do this? How bad do you want to do this? Because this is not going to be handed to you. This is not just. So what was your mindset going into that then? Like, how did you decide like, yeah, this is what I want to do in my free time here. But why do, why do people like, um, why do people do that when like, People are training him. Hey, let's try to get this guy out of here. Wouldn't they just be like, hey, let's train him, get money out of him? And no, because you don't want the guys that are just paying money showing up every day and aren't tested. You want the guys that want to be there and are making the mental decision to be there rather than like, oh, I can do this mm. because it's not hard. You're not pushing me. But if you're being pushed and it's like, okay, last week I tore my groin. Do I really want to keep doing this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I look at the back like I'm running ropes. You, when, you run, when you run ropes for the first time, your entire back is bruised. So it's like, do you want to keep doing this? Are you sure? So you, I'd rather the person I go, yeah, this sucks. I want to do this. Then uh, I'll pay you and just do this once a month type. So where did your interest come from then if you hadn't watched it growing up? Like, where did your passion to actually go back for a second interview? I think I just like internal challenges. I just like being challenged. So I think it's just more of a, it was definitely a mentality of you won't be back next week. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll be, oh, I'm going to be back next week and I'm going to be back early. So let's go. And it's like, oh, so next week he's always actually here. Like, yeah, I'm here. Like, I think it once you do that and you prove your respect, because wrestling is a lot of respect, too. So it's basically you have to show yourself and show the people that you want to be there. You have to let the people know, because at the end of the day, when you're wrestling, you're taking your life and and you have to trust the person that you're wrestling. Right, right, right. You don't want to be in a ring with some guy that's just barely trained and has no heart. And it's like, Drop, drop me on my neck. So, yeah. That's why I think it's better, especially in wrestling. You shouldn't be like that in all sports, but especially in some sports, you should be the asshole. Well, in other sports, you want to just take people out point blank, period, right? Wrestling's it's completely different. Like, you're not, you know, dunking on someone or catching the football with any means necessary your ufc i'm just trying to just lay you out so you don't have a life anymore it's more you guys are kind of working in tandem like you know what the you know obviously certain certain wrestlings in certain ways right but yeah like it's it's a three-way comp it's a three-way dance because it's you your opponent and the referee so the the opponent the referee is just important if you have a bad referee, you could be the best match in the world. But if you have a shitty referee, it's, it's shit. Well, hold or on. What, what does that could, mean? Like, or if, if you have, or a, bad you could have ref, a really, really good ref, you could have a really good ref and bad wrestlers, and that ref would literally have make them have a good match. Well, what, what is what is the ref going to do that's going to change the match? Like, the ref will be in the way. The ref will just be timing. Um, a lot of times, the ref will know. If the wrestler is hurt, 
So you just got to be okay. able to know what is going on in the ring and what's going outside the ring. It's I've had times where fans run in the ring. That referee that is my defense. Like that referee ha- is basically my security. Is my first line of security. My last line fan? of security. You had a fan run in? Groupies. Groupies, bro. he said. He said oh, hundreds bro. of groupies. Bro. Bro. <laughs> We're talking guy or girl. We're talking guy or girl. You need to realize here. that for a while, period of my life of wrestling, my job was to piss people off. And I was very good at my job to the point where I would have people charge in the ring almost every time I was in a show. I would literally have security just for my matches because <laughs> I was Prince Akeem. But I was a dick. So Calgary, we were being Calgary every six weeks, and we'd have Calgary Flame players come to our, to our shows. I would literally wipe my nose with the Calgary Flames flag, with the sitting front row, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like stuff like that. So, like, I just don't. When you're a heel, you have to be the biggest asshole in the room. So, what was your favorite heel moment? Oh God, ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I've had bouncers tell me. I think you just me. laughed like that. Yeah. Clearly, this is going to be a crazy one. There's so many stories of this crazy fans. I've had 80-year-old grandmas that go to church every week drop the N-word on me and then apologize profusely and be like, I'm not like that. I go to church. I'm so sorry, but you made me so angry. So what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I basically wipe. Well, if I go to the states, I use the wipe. I use the American flag as my towel because I don't like America. I'm better than everyone, <laughs> and Americans don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a little patriotic right <laughs> yeah, here, out there. If you cut off the American anthem, whew, <laughs> like that is like that level of stuff. If you cut off you the American anthem to, to tell people that you're better than them. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get some angry people coming at you. Uh, so, what about a heel moment from real life? <laughs> uh, well, you know that was real life, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was, like Bell, I wasn't. He didn't make. Luckily, that wasn't in. A, you think that, that, you think the, that you think when Mike Jones. crosses the border that he's doing that to the American flag? Bell, Bell still thinks wrestling's real. Man. I've I've had people stop me at the airport and be like, "Yo." I saw you at that wrestling show, man. <laughs> You're a dick. And like, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had people at the airport be like, why is there a crown in your backpack, in your bag? And like, work. Like, hey man, that's how the direct deposit hits, right? What do you want yeah, to do? Well, like, it's like, is this a crown in your bag? Like, <laughs> You know how I do. Yeah. So let's go back. Let's go back to okay. So 2000, you did the first training. Yeah. They they basically did whatever it took to kind of make you not come back, but you came back. Yep. So I did that now, for six months. Okay. So for six months, the training was just basically cardio, or like running so the ropes, as you say, or it's cardio. It's psychology. So you're learning how to do a match, how to put together a match, how to bump safely, how to wrestle with people safely and not hurt people how to throw people without hurting yourself how, without hurting them and yourself it's a lot of self-care so to speak gotcha so so after that and, and where did you train here right in winnipeg in winnipeg under mental okay mental okay the guy the guy with the mask right yep 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 yeah, yeah. and uh so after that when you started 
Well, like, how do you, how do you get booked? How do you, <laughs> how do you get to places? How do you, so, where does it begin? Where does the journey start? When I first started wrestling, I had no intentions on doing anything with wrestling. I just wanted to just train and that was it. By six months, I ended up dropping out of college and going on my first tour. And what were you? What were you uh, majoring? Civil engineering, and I had a scholarship. <laughs> so, so that went over well with your parents. <laughs> Basically, the conversation went Friday. I dropped out of college, and I'm going on tour Monday. <laughs> <laughs> like, how long are you going on tour for? Six weeks. The Brown and B right now. When he heard you left civil engineering, he just he just fell to the ground, man. Right? Now. <laughs> I thought he his heart at one point. <laughs> uh, it must I have been in- hell for those forty-eight hours. When, well, how'd you get? How'd you survive those forty-eight hours? Like, because oh, he went out that night. Or, I know there's some backhand. <laughs> he went out and did come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Spent I knew, the weekend at his friends. Right. Right. <laughs> I knew because well, okay. I have a single. I, I come from a single mom, but I knew. That if I'm going to quit college, it had to be something big and it had to be something that I was going to maintain. I couldn't just quit college and be like, hey, I'm quitting college and I'm sitting at home. (laughs) I knew that wouldn't work. But she knew I was wrestling. She knew I was training. And so it was like, okay, obviously, if you got a six-week tour and she found out what I was making, it was like, oh, hmm, all right. (laughs) that's my boy yeah it's like i don't like this but at least you're not sitting on my couch eating cheetos doing nothing at least if you do it and you fail cool you come home and you go back to school if you succeed cool but whatever basically so she looked at it as like uh i guess like a win-win situation she wasn't yeah she's pretty supportive No, no, no. That was just a nice way of saying it. Basically, like, okay, well, you suck and you suck at wrestling and you fail. I'm going to remind you. (laughs) I'm going to remind you constantly. So, yeah. We we basically, yeah. So you you left. Okay, so you got booked. You got booked on Monday. Where was it? So, another thing. I've never been away from home for more than 24 hours. By myself, <laughs> and now you're going so, with a bunch of wrestlers so and people she now doesn't I'm going know. On a six, now I'm going on a six-week winter road tour. Winter road <laughs> with like some with like a bunch of people I've never met in my life. And yeah. so, yeah, there's no internet. So basically, that six weeks, the only time I called home is every Friday because there's no internet. There's no inter- There's no email. Uh there's no internet, period. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, the hobbies include DDTs and spine busters, right? So it's just like your mom couldn't have been happy about that, right? <laughs> no, right? Like, I, learned, I went from constantly being spoiled, living with my mom, never being away from home for 24 hours, to sleeping in a ring truck and sleeping in the ring. <laughs> on the floor many nights for six weeks for years well not just six weeks because i kept doing this so yeah for many years you know what i can't believe we got this far in the interview and haven't even asked what was your finisher <laughs> i had many so i had my my end game one was the code breaker 
so Chris Jericho's Codebreaker. Okay. Uh, early in my young years, when I was young and stupid, I did a pendulum backbreaker. So basically, I would crossbody and then swing around into the backbreaker. And I realized that was just bad for my knees <laughs> and for my body. And it's, it's, it's amazing. As you go further in your career, you either realize that you can do less with more, or you got guys that do more and it's stupid. Like, <laughs> it's overdone. Like, when I my see guys. in pain right now just hearing that. When I see guys do like shooting stars, I giggle to myself and I'm like, what is this? Like, why? Why? Like, are you are you gonna be able to do that in three years? Doubt it. Like that's oh. my mentality. Okay, <laughs> this is what I love right here. So if you're looking at some of the guys that have been in the industry for so long, what's yeah. one of the finishers that you look at as a wrestler, knowing the ins and outs and the pain that goes on the actual guy doing it? What's yeah. one of the moves that you're like, I can't believe this guy has been doing this for like ten leg years drop. plus? Hulk Hogan leg drop. Really? Really? Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. He'll even tell you himself. That's why he's fucked. The leg drop. Wow. Imagine, imagine standing <laughs> and then someone just kicking the, your legs off money you and you just dropping to your ass. Imagine doing that like four <laughs> times a night, every <laughs> night, over and over. I never I, understood why his finisher was a leg drop. He's I would guy never. The, guy had the largest arms in the world, twenty four inch pythons. Right? And his finisher was just a leg drop. Like, yeah, so on. devastating. He Slow just told you why. Back. No one yeah. else is doing it. No one yeah. else is doing it. Yeah, That's crazy. Like that. I look at that. I thought he I thought he chose that because of the low impact. But you're oh, saying no. oh, that's wow. <laughs> no. There you go, man. No. That's one of those Thirst World exclusives right, right. there, guys. <laughs> yeah, I would never want to do that every night. I mean, like, nope. Smartest movie be like choker sleeper man. <laughs> That's why I literally use it. Ted DiBiase. At one point, I just used the um the camel clutch as my finish. Why am I? Why do I have to? Why am I doing this? I there's guys that get that. I get it when if you're athletic and you can do the shooting star, awesome, more power to you. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but. As years go on, you're not going to be able to be able to do that. And people are going to expect you to do shooting stars. And if you can't do shooting stars, why do I want you? If you're the guy who's being known as shooting stars and you can't do shooting stars, who, yeah. what purpose do you have to me? It's like showing all your cards, right? Then it's exactly. like, well, I already saw them all, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to do like simple moves that you can hit on. So the logic and I'm giving up. It's basically what is something that you can hit on anyone and you can do every day and not get hurt. Triple or cross face. It's a smart. Because uh... a lot of people, when you see those amazing matches, you go, okay, cool. But can you do that every night? Bell almost set me up there for I was going to make say a comment, but <laughs> I had to stop myself. I had to stop myself so bad. Going to slip a little bit of those in. Because Mike Swan asked the question. Head, Mike asked the question, is there a move that you can do that <laughs> won't make you in pain? <laughs> and then you said cross face, and then I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to stop myself. But... <laughs> but um, but the next Mike, the next question I got is what has, when you've been doing these uh, wrestling events, yeah. what was one star that just made you like starstruck that you uh, personally like 
felt that you you were just you just couldn't do anything. You just you were just starstruck. Obviously, he's going to say Virgil. <laughs> oh God! Oh man! <laughs> you know what? I honestly can't say anyone. I, oh, uh-huh. uh, My damn reflection. When how I look do in I the say mirror, this without it? sounding bitter? But never meet your idols. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we really? want to hear this story then. We yeah. want to hear this story. So, so who was it that, that you met that you were just like, nah, left a bad uh, taste in your mouth? I have more dudes that did that than I've met. They're like, like I would say that someone who, oh, okay, so one person who I've Put really, on really, blast, yeah. really, really impressed, who I really enjoyed being around with Tony Atlas. To, to Tony like, Atlas. Tony hmm. Atlas. Yeah, he's probably one of him and Lex Luger actually. Him and Lex Luger. So my last show I did ever was in Halifax, and he was booked. Pete Dunne was booked. Uh, actually, I, I would probably say I was a little Tyler Bates. I was a little starstruck by Pete Dunne. I would say, huh. and 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 Tyler and Tyler uh, Bates. I was like, all right, you guys. And after the match, I was like, I'm glad I'm retiring because I can't do that. Bravo! But uh, I got to spend a long time with Tony Atlas, and he dropped some truth and some knowledge and some good stories that was like, wow! Like, thank you for telling me that. Same with Lex Luger. Lex Luger. Lex Luger told me the story about how he got arrested in the Winnipeg airport and how it changed his life. And Basically told me everything about him and Miss Elizabeth. What's that story? Like, what's the and what's the quick facts on that story? Basically, he says he thought he was untouchable. He was booked <laughs> for a show in Winnipeg. He yeah. knew there was a warrant on him, but he was like, "It's Winnipeg. What, I'm Lex Luger." He literally said that, like, it's, "I'm Lex Luger." <laughs> <laughs> he said he landed, and they're like, "You're Lex Luger," and he's like, "Yeah," and it's like, "You know, there's a warrant out for you," and he's like, "Yeah," and he's like. <laughs> That's literally how it went, basically. What was the warrant for? Oh, I think anyone remember that? Missile, something, I think drugs or something. But he says he went to jail. Either way, he went to jail, found Jesus, and basically got completely clean. Really? Jesus was in jail? Yeah, apparently. Apparently, <laughs> Jesus is in jail for a lot of people. So, <laughs> this has his own little cell somewhere. Uh, he the only Zio in the right? He was pretty cool. So I was like, okay. I was, and so I got to share the cab on the way to the airport with him for an hour. That's and, pretty cool. And yeah, he just dope. got to pick his brain. Or so, so that was pretty cool. Okay. Uh, no, no. You took the high road here, man. No, you took oh, the high oh road. I'm going to go back down. So, oh, amen. Oh, okay. So Bell, Bell got starstruck when he found a huge one liter bottle of grenadine, lime grenadine. <laughs> One of my mojitos, uh, gimlets. Oh, so much things you can make out of that grenadine, man. That is my biggest uh, people idol that I ever looked forward to. One of the people who I really almost got into wrestling because of was Ric Flair. And getting to meet him would not, <laughs> not, not, oh, not really? the story I would. It would basically came. Uh, it was basically the timing of where when I met him. He, was, so you weren't starstruck when you met Ric Flair? No, because I, I met Ric Flair being dressed by his wife. And mm. basically, like, watching a child get dressed. 
by his wife. But like when you saw him, you weren't like, holy shit. Like no, just, no, just dude, like, no. Okay. Like, so was he getting, was, was he getting dressed because like of he, the injuries had piled up or because of like, he was just so gone. I think he was just gone. Like he would, it would literally like watching a mom prepare a child for school. So you, you and, saw like, it from the underwear up? up? shoes, like, hey. You saw it from the underwear up? like, well, like not for, <laughs> No, he was already in a suit, but it was like, this is not the limousine riding, jet flaring, <laughs> limousine riding, kiss dealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun I'm, I'm wanting to see right now. <laughs> right? This is not a woo right now. This is a boo to me right now. <laughs> I, don't, I mean. A woo turned into a boo-hoo. I've, I don't know. I don't, I've, yeah. I've, I've had more experiences with, I guess, B-listers, people who aren't like the A-listers than I had with the A-listers. Like a lot of A-listers I've met and I'm like, oh, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, they're more, they're more humble than B-listers. Yeah. Like, or like, it's really nice meeting guys before they like, are you guys, do you guys follow MM, MLW? Uh, no, uh, no, no, I don't. So like, no, he's got an MLW tattoo. I know Conan is there. <laughs> Solid. So like, their heavyweight champion is Alexander Hammerstone. I met him before he became that huge star, and he like so being able to say like I know him before he blew up yeah. is cool. Yeah, and I get more more hype from that than being like, oh, I met this person and this person. Like my first international tour to Alaska was with. Uh, <sighs> Jim Nanville Nightheart, Honky Tonk Man, and Bruder the Barber Beefcake, and Jim Nanville Nightheart. And that was awful. <laughs> like, like, those are just train wrecks of human beings. How do you, how, how do you, like, you know what I was thinking? Like, how can you relate to these guys? You don't. Like, if, and, I, if I was in a car with those guys, I, so you can't really relate to them. Keep so your this head is what down. happens. Keep your head down. So this is what happens. You get two types of dudes. You get two types of dudes. You get <laughs> let Jesus take the wheel. Yeah, <laughs> you get the extroverts who just mend right in, who fit right in, and it's just like just part of the boys. Or you get the introverts who are like CM Punk, who are like Daniel Bryanson, who are like Finn Balor, who are like uh, uh, Kenny Omega. Really? Who who don't hang out and go drinking with those guys? And would Finn Balor goes home and builds Legos? <laughs> Legit, he doesn't go to the bars after the show. He goes home and builds Legos. Danielson, like same with those guys. They go to their hotel room and play video games. They don't bar, they don't go to the bar, and that gets you frowned upon. See, I heard and the newer generation. Buried. I heard the newer generation is doing that a lot more than. Yep. Like, you know, like the past generations yes. are just a while and it out, is, right? But it's still frowned upon. I like the past generation, guys. You still get frowned upon, though. Like, I've lost numerous booking because I didn't go partying or really? hang out. Because I don't hang out. Because I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> like, this is business <laughs> to me. <laughs> Fair I enough. don't like and, you. And we don't need to be And do you think friends. it was more for, like, just to boost morale? Or was it just they just, just needed a driver or something? It's networking. It's... Yeah, it's wrestling is the mafia, so you're always gonna have a guy that will carry your bags. You're always gonna have a guy that's below you, but then your guy's gonna be above you. So some guys just play it off and are cool, and some guys will make you fucking carry their bags and <laughs> make you make you get your coffee and make you lace their boots 
and make you get their towels and shit. Lace like that. your boots for yeah, real? Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And some guys are just like <laughs> they're cool with it. I wouldn't you, survive. Yeah. Not because of that. I just because of the dieting. It's ego checks, man. Like it is complete ego checks. So, Jeez. Yeah. I gotta get a pair of boots here for B, man. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Thirst World Problems Podcast. For more exclusive content, follow us on Instagram at Thirst World Pod. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share.